When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. How are you today? I am the same. The same, as always, or the same, which is just below par. <laughs> okay, I've, I've I've had to par for life. I have had to readjust. I thought, oh, I'm in sort of quite a bad mood. Yes, and it happens so regularly. Mm. I think oh, actually, my my uh, that is my normal. You're getting used to that. That's now yes. Okay. So you're like a you're like a bad mood junkie. You need a stronger and stronger hit in order to get even more annoyed. My default mode is is slightly in, slightly annoyed. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm uh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not happy. What's your you. default m- mood out of ten? If say one uh, was de- I would one say... was depressed and, and ten was happy. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I'm on that linear scale in terms of my. So you're not just a one to ten personality. No, I think I'm detached. I think my my uh, my my default my default uh, setting is just detached. What? Not really living your own life. Well, yeah, just sort of an observer in my own life. Yeah, that's probably for watching TV, isn't it? It's probably growing up with uh, films. Um, Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Is it? I don't know. It's quite zen. I find I find it quite. I don't Th- things know. don't annoy me that easily. Okay, there go you on. go. But that's that's uh, the basis of our double act, there, isn't it? It's uh, a man who is hyper annoyed by life, and somebody who's barely. Uh, I don't think acknowledging I, it. I don't think I'm hyper annoyed. I think I, I never used to be. I've be, I've become that. Okay. For experience, I've developed a mental illness through living in London. For it can do it to years you. now. Definitely. I mean, there's no respite, is there? There's no. Uh, there's no quiet spaces that you just suddenly find yourself in. You have to seek them out. You yeah. have to have a mission in order to go to a quiet place. And then the actual journey to get back from the quiet is place. even more stressful. Yeah, undoes all the. But we're not here to talk about uh, <laughs> moods. We're here. Well, we're, we are setting up potentially the theme of uh, the film that we both went to see this week. We both went to see a film. Yes, film Fandango fans. This is possibly a first. We've we both, both went, to, went see to see the, the same, same film. film. And we're saying it at the, the same, same time. time. Uh, yes, the film we went to see is High Rise, which is the latest film by uh, Ben Wheatley, the director of Kill List and Down Terrace and Sightseers. And it's written by his partner, uh, Amy Jump. His partner is in wife? I believe so, yes. Okay. 
Um, Adaptation of the J.G. Ballard book, yeah. Uh, Do you want to tell our uh, listeners basically what it's about? Do you think you can... I mean, it's difficult to describe, isn't it? It is um, a sort of dystopia set within a high-rise building where the different classes can coexist and they live according to their class on what floor it is. Yeah, so and it's then, a rather overt allegory for the class structure yeah. in Britain specifically, isn't it? It's, and everyone, it all, it's like, uh, I, must, I hate saying like, it is a separate sort of universe that exists. Yeah, even when things go tits up, nobody leaves. They all yeah. still stay there. I mean, it, when I say it's an overt allegory, it's... Uh, the man who lives in the penthouse who designed the entire block system is called Mr. Royal. Yeah. Which is, yeah, the royal at the top. Yeah. It's um, like sort of half, it's just on the border of fantasy. Yeah. And they did a thing which was very clever, I think, because I, I don't know when the novel was published, I presume in the 70s, but rather than bring it into the modern times, they it sort of feels that, late 70s, they, doesn't they've it? They've kept that 70s, uh, it's sort of set in the. It never really establishes a date, but the dress and the cars. The cars and, yeah. and all of the, yeah. Um, so, Tom Hiddleston plays a character called Dr. Lang, who is a, um, a physiologist, I believe. He seems to do brain surgery. And uh, he moves into the building and is something of an aloof character, and people accuse him of being a social climber. Um, what he actually wants, I'm never really clear. But... Um, and he interacts with people on all floors, basically, on his way through this hellhole. That slowly uh, uh, things disintegrate when they lose, start to get power losses. So people run out of food and uh, lighting and everything, and society basically turns on itself. Yeah, it's about a dis- disintegration of society. Um, I'm a big fan of Ben Whitley's, especially his earlier stuff. I really didn't like a field in England. Oh, did you not? I, I did. I don't think I'd watch it again, and I think that was my um, my uh, praise at the time. Uh, but I, d- I did enjoy it as an interesting artistic piece. I thought, you know, it wasn't boring, but I know what you mean. Kill List, I thought, was just sensationally both tense and creepy. I uh, thought uh, Down Terrace was really first film, movie, yeah. yeah, yeah. Down Terrace is excellent. What's amazing is to see... This film here, because uh, I always think it's quite a raw filmmaker. I'll just film it. Felt almost just. I was going to go out and film it. I was going to go and do it. Yes. And gorilla. Story, yeah. They call that. This is so. Uh, the look of it is is magnificent. It feels actually a bit, and you'll hate me for saying this, but it feels a bit like Wes Anderson crossed with Terry Gilliam. You know, it's got something of that hyper-real look that Wes Anderson goes for. You know, the sort of unreal colours and sharpness of image. I mean, I think Anderson, especially the way he he does the thing that Kubrick used to do, of just centering everything, making everything like a picture and putting, uh, framing everything so distinctively framed. Mm. This feels like it it is very distinctively framed and some of the... um, Who's that? Was who's who drew, drew, drew the pictures of someone jumping off a the artist, someone jumping off a diving board outside? You know the famous. I don't know that one. I can't remember American artist who did. Sort of, oh, I can't remember his name. It looks a lot like his pictures. Okay. You've got Tom Hiddleston, um, you know, reclining on a sunbed, 
it's just framed beautifully. Yeah, yeah. The the colours in it are very seventies. The, the brutalism of the architecture allows for a lot of those compositions as well, don't they? Because wherever you put the camera, there's just this stark hard line yeah. going through it wherever you go. Did you enjoy the film? Well, I I thought it was quite. I when I first moved to London, I lived next to Trellick Towers, which is Erno Goldfinger, who is the person the bomber is named after. Yes, he's built these two in West London. This famous tower, which has similar feel to the okay. high rise thing. Very you'll know it if you drive along the West Way. Yeah, very ugly, but very stylized listed building. Because it was quite an odd. What looking at the building there, I thought it's, it's, there's. Sort of slight semblances, resemblances to it. I can't use the, I can't use the right words. Did I enjoy the film? I thought I was in love with the look of it. I think just when you see, when you watch films for the first, um, you know, half an hour or so, you can enjoy the look and the feel of it. But it just, I, I know it's supposed to go mental and it's supposed to break down, but it felt that it, the whole film broke down. I I I felt it was I felt it was too long, and I found myself going, "Oh, I really like uh, your decision there," but I wasn't engaged in the experience at no, all. I, I enjoyed the first half, and then I, I actually it, yeah. think that that is probably down to Tom Hiddleston, because this it I've watched films that have a similar feel and drive and structure to them before, and interestingly enough, there was an aborted attempt to make this book into a film uh, by uh, Nicholas Rogue um, yeah. a long time ago and it never got off the ground and actually thinking about that you go yeah Nicholas Rogue films you know Bad Timing or The Man Who Fell to Earth or whatever have a very similar sort of just uh, a charismatic man you can't help but watch going through this strangeness and just just sort of surviving in something that's quite uncomfortable and weird and then it all kicks off at the end and this is pretty much the same but I didn't feel I got any depth to Tom Hiddleston at all like he's he's confident and he, he has some charisma but I didn't know who he was I hadn't a clue you know I didn't know anything about him really I don't even really know why we were following him of all the characters I thought Luke Evans was brilliant yeah he was great and I wanted he to follow his brilliant. character yeah. really what has he been in before Luke Evans is in all sorts but he's in um, uh, I interviewed him for The Three Musketeers oh really yeah he looks his face is amazing yeah 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 and that's more closer to his actual accent because he was using his Welsh there okay to have a bit of a sort of um Almost uh, Richard Burton esque sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's very much he reminded yeah, me. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, but he he's br- he was brilliant in it, and he was. I think when you have a film that's so detached from human experience and reality, how, you really, as an audience member, appreciate the people who managed to inject some human life into yeah. it. And I thought Sienna Miller was doing that brilliantly as well. And I enjoyed um, uh, Jeremy Irons and. Uh, his wife, uh, Keely Hawes. Yeah. Again, but I, it was for me Tom Hiddleston. Although sort of statuesque and you know ostensibly correct for it, I I didn't get anything from. Well, him. I think it's quite interesting. He's obviously the big star, rising star. Yes. He feels to me like a bit like Daniel Craig's Bond. Okay. Very much like the James Bond, and James Bond is a boring character. Yes. I think he's become more and more boring. They tried to make him interesting, but he's just a flat. I prefer. I long for the Roger Moore James Bond yeah, yeah. when he had a bit of humour 
Because Daniel Craig's just almost stripped him of every single personality. Well, actually, Daniel Craig's probably gone back to the what he was in the novels. Um, I've been doing a bit of research about uh, Ian Fleming uh, recently, okay. and he named him James Bond because it was uh, the name of somebody he met who he thought had the most boring name he'd ever heard. And so he gave him a boring name because he's supposed to be just a blunt instrument sort of everyman so that people reading it can go, it could be me driving those cars and going to all jet setting around the world to all that could be me because yeah. James Bond's boring. Yeah. And that was sort of the point of it. Um, and, wow. And then they cast Sean Connery, who was, you know, hugely charismatic and made it his own. But Yeah, I think they all, I, I think that, I think Tom Hiddleston doesn't have that you net you're exactly right. You ne- I watched the Night Manager, which is the BBC. I've not thing, watched that, but and I found that's a John Le Carre, isn't it? Yeah, and I found that it was all right, but I didn't really. There's something I can't put my finger on. I don't really watch yeah. him. You're a good actor. You're obviously um, ladies find you very attractive. Yes, I I don't know. I I don't want to get too sort of general sweeping statement here, but I wonder if he's a bit like Eddie Redmayne in that he is technically very good, a lot of experience, huge amounts of self-confidence, but there's no real pain or depth in there. Eddie Medmain's got a lot more, is a lot softer, and has a lot more charm, I think, than Tom Really? I've just never, I've never got anything other than what is on the page from either of them. I think think my week with Marilyn, Eddie Redmain was really good in. Okay, I didn't see that one. And when he played um, Stephen Hawking, he was good. I've not seen the... But I don't think in this, Tom Hiddleston's quite cold. But yeah, I, I just thought I, I, I got a lot. I, I lost. I found it a bit boring and it all over the place. Mm. And there's only so, and it was just crazy. And I thought I don't really care about the characters, but I still enjoyed it as a visual spectacle. Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy the allegorical nature of even when you know everything's going to shit and their problems are so clearly apparent that you have uh, the, the posh people in their penthouse trying to come up with a plan to to solve a problem that ostensibly it doesn't matter mm. but that's all that they go to and it's that surreal nature where it did i think very effectively shine quite a um astute lens on modern society i thought that stuff as a satire i thought it was actually quite haunting yeah just as a story it wasn't that engaging well, i like to read the book so i know jg ballard is properly mental some of his stuff yeah so I, I feel like I can't give it a proper critique until I've read the book. I don't know. Well, you can give the film a critique. Yeah, I can. I How many Marricks would you give it? Five or six? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm a, I'm a six, I think. Yeah. I think I'm a six. Um, yeah. Was that his real beard, do you think, at the beginning and end? I don't know. What do you think? It looks a bit... He didn't look like a, a homeless man to me. He looked quite uh, specific. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I, don't know. I, I love I love the fact that we have incredible computer technology that can make entire life forms, and yet uh, prosthetic beards still look crap. <laughs> yes, because all the netting, isn't it? It's yeah, netting, yeah. Because they never look like they've actually grown out of your face. No, look... you can't get the colour right. You, you can't. can't. It's, it's impossible. So, so difficult. It's impossible. Uh, I guess what it's time for now. This. David Marrick and Buddy, please read in the voice of a grizzled Vietnam veteran who has seen too much in the jungle. Here are 
Hell yeah. I was pleased to hear you read out a letter from my friend Dr. Tim Mason last week. I can't bother it. <laughs> I can confirm he's an actual doctor with a stethoscope and everything. When I last saw him a few weeks ago, we spent quite a while discussing our concern regarding Merrick's employment status. <laughs> so it's good to hear that the ad revenue from his YouTube channel is picking up. It was £2.50. That's not enough. That was one the fluke day. That's not enough to sustain my daily... Um... You need to cut back, mate. You can't live on £2.50 in London. I'll carry on with letter. Okay. On your recommendation, I recently watched Kajaki or Kilo 2 Bravo with my flatmate. We thought it was fantastic, but our viewing was slightly hampered when he set fire to some lamb chops under the grill, which filled the entire kitchen <laughs> and lounge area with smoke for a large portion of the film. In retrospect, this was quite an immersive experience as the film was littered with explosions and dust. I'm still not quite sure if my watering eyes were burnt from the emotional roller coaster or from the burnt chops. The have smell you, probably added to it as well. Have you? Yeah. Oh, have you ever involuntary uh, had an involuntary 4D cinema experience along these lines? I also watched The Revenant recently in an icy cold cinema, which added a little extra realism to the viewing. Unlike Tim, I'm not a doctor and do not have small children, so I can happily go to cinema and pick up almost a lethal dose of man flu whenever I like. Keep watching the films. Poor good child. Good child. Um, yeah, well, uh, thank you for that. Kajaki with burnt chops. That, I mean, I, that's a 4D I experience. I Kajaki. What did you think? I thought it was fantastic. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Kujaki in this country, the UK, but has also been called Kilo 2 Bravo, I think, in other countries. But it's well worth a look. It's almost like a bottle... Yeah. It's a a bottle episode, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is probably a restriction of budget, but it's just so well done. And what I'm more and more appreciating from watching films, and I think it's superhero movies grinding my optimism down, is... A film that has a different take on a subject. <laughs> because we're so used to just like, yeah, it's a rom-com where everyone is, the man is the same as all men in rom-coms yeah. and the woman is the same as all women in rom-coms. And it's just like, you can do a genre piece but have a different, you know, sort of philosophy on it. And this one is, it's just a story you've not been told in this way before. It's just great. It's, mm. I really like it. Really like it. 4D cinema experiences. I um, I felt like I had... A creature growing inside me what? that needed to burst out whilst I was watching Prometheus, but it was a full bladder, so I just went to the loo. When I was a, a student, we um, put uh, we watched Apocalypse Now, getting really stoned, and put ties around our heads and moved the plants in front of the television. Okay, did it add to the experience? I think we enjoyed it more. Yeah. That's probably it. That's probably it. I had a horrible experience where some drunken friends at a party decided at about 4am that I really, really had to see Transformers the movie, as in the cartoon one, okay. uh, because I'd never seen it. And I was falling asleep. And I sat there in a chair with this surreal <laughs> shit cartoon in front, falling asleep. And every time I fell asleep, they would punch me in the arm to wake up and carry on watching That's it. That's torture. It, it kind of is. But... um. Well, you've talked. You've been tortured. Yeah, but that's uh, Orson Welles's final film. Is that's how I've seen it. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, feeling like I'm in the throes of death myself. Um, have we got any more letters? Stephen Higgins. <laughs> yeah, sure. But have we got any more letters? 
that's quite a good thing to say to people. It's just an exclamation. Stephen Higgins! Uh, Stephen Higgins, you, you can do some reading. Okay, Stephen writes, Hello, David Marrick, buddy and possibly guest. Uh, does he ask for a voice? No, good. Thank God. Um, I, w- I wondered if you guys had seen Comes a Bright Day. You have spoken about bottle episodes in recent times, and I think this would qualify. It doesn't get the best of reviews, but I really enjoyed it. It has some great performances and resists the temptation to go down the route of implausible plot twists. It's interesting to see Trainspotting's Kevin McKidd in another unrecognisable role. I haven't seen him since his stint as a time traveller in the short-lived but very watchable TV series Journeyman. I've also recently watched the documentaries A Faster Horse and Journey to Le Mans. Both pretty interesting, but I wouldn't recommend them to anyone who is not really into cars. Keep watching the films. Steve Higgins. Stephen Higgins. Stephen Higgins. Comes a bright day. I've never heard of that. Not seen, never heard of it. No, well, watch it. we'll have to add it to the list of films that we should see. But this is more for you guys, because we've got a hell of a list now. So, if any of you have seen Comes a Bright Day, let us know if it's good and whether you can vouch for Stephen Higgins' opinion on this. Um, or check it out yourselves. Comes a Bright Day. I'll try and try and track that down. Um, cool. Well, Easter's just gone. It has. Bye-bye. Uh, we have had um, a lot of a few tweets in from uh, Bill Boswell and from Weebly um, talking about... Because someone... Uh, Every Easter, there's certain films that come on, like Christmas is always Mary Poppins and yeah. um, Escape to Victory, whatever. Easter, as I was, when I was a child, I always watched Watership Down every Easter, and it was on, on Easter Sunday, and I missed it, but luckily I watched it again uh, last night. Yes. Um, some, uh, several adults tweeted in to complain to Channel 5. That's right. Saying it was too this violent. story, in fact, made it to American uh, news media. There's a website called Film Drunk, which is an American film okay. website, and they reported that people complained in the UK about Watership Down. Now, I think this is more a story... We'll get onto Watership Down in a minute, but I think this is more a story about people thinking that being offended in some way matters. Like, just turn it off, mate. Like, It's not even... Re- there's- it's not even remotely of, for there's kids. There's hardly anything that's violent in that thing. Um, hardly anything. It's just scary. I mean, basically, uh, what's the little rabbit? It's been a while since I've seen it. The main Fiverr. Fiverr. Um, uh, he has The Shining, basically, doesn't he? That yeah. power where he sort of shakes and it's frightening for kids and he sort of sees but things. Watched... But then there's the fight with the massive rabbit, isn't there? Wound walks. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. I watched this film when I must have been about six or seven. Right. And I wasn't terrified. I used to read Grimm's fairy tales, which mm. are horrifically violent. Horrible, things, yeah. And people being killed and whatnot. Um, and the amount of, I think a bigger problem is the sexualisation of everything. Mm. There's far more sexualisation vid- videos of people gyrating and almost shagging each other on TV all but the time. marketed for kids yeah, as well. Yeah, aimed like... at them trying to get them to sell sell that compared to this the adults who um, complain about this film should be injected with myxomatosis <laughs> I think they're total idiots yeah. if they don't show this film so what upsets me is that now people go oh, well, we're not going to show Warship Down because they got complaint, complained mm. and kids won't find it and won't find it an amazing piece of filmmaking which still stands up 
the animation is beautiful with all the watercolour backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. The music, Mike Bat, who did all the Womble stuff, he wrote Bright Eyes, yeah. Art Garfunkel, sang. The voice voices, you've got John Hurt playing Hazel, the lead, uh, Ralph Richardson's narrating. Uh, uh, John Hurt makes a good rabbit. Doesn't it, it? His voice suits a rabbit. Wonderful. Richard Bryars playing yeah. Fiverr. Roy Kinnear playing Pipkin. People like Hannah Gordon playing the, the Denim Elliott playing Cowslip. Yeah. He's one. You could just listen to it as a radio play. And it's non stop drama. The whole thing works beautifully. I think the book is one of the, uh, is a phenomenal book. And this is still an absolute 10 out of 10 film. I watched it again. And preparing to be disappointed as I do each time, and I still loved it. It's look, it's similar to going to. I've got to stop saying like. I'm saying it the whole time. It really annoys me. Um, it's similar to going to a walk in the country, and you feel really refreshed after you've watched it, and you think, oh, I just I would just like to be a rabbit living in um, the hill. Yeah, much better. Look, I don't really care if I get chased by some sort of really horrible uh, army uh, yeah. violent rabbit. It's still probably a better life. I think uh, Paul Simon probably hates this film. Why? Well, because uh, he and Art Garfunkel fell out and they split up and went their separate ways to do solo work. Yeah. And Art Garfunkel were, didn't really do anything. And Paul Simon produced, you know, Graceland, Graceland and incredible albums and so celebrated musician. But because of this film, Bright Eyes still is more successful than any of Paul Simon's songs. And so Art Garfunkel still beat him. Well, I hope I hope Paul Simon's put that behind him and can now watch uh, Watership Down every Easter because he'll be missing out on a great film. Mm. And it is good. I I have very creepy memories from it, not scary ones, but hugely enjoyable. Is there a naughty seagull in it? Yes, Kiar. Who plays Kiar? Uh, Zai Mostel, some sort of actor. The seagull is a little bit annoying. It's like a Ital- it's. It's an Italian sort of seagull. Because they, he's migrated, has he? Is that why? He's yes, Italian. it's that sort of thing. That's yes. But, uh, um, I should watch it again. I should. You watch must it watch it again and you will really enjoy it. And for those parents who complained, you should never be able to... You should have your children... Your children should be t- taken away from you. Because <laughs> you're just going to be raising some more cunts. I don't think you're responsible to enough to have children. Okay. Well, if you're one of the people who complains... It's a film about life. It feels that you get the whole cycle of life in it. Yeah. And it's done beautifully. It deals with death and it deals with that really, really well. It deals with um, sort of conflict and overcoming things. And it, it, it's, a, it's a brilliant film. Well done, everyone. May in 1978. 1978. Still better than pretty much all the animations to, out today. Mm. Well, there's some good ones, though. I mean, animation has sort of... The, the Iron Giant is my modern favourite one. That's Brad Bird, uh, who did uh, The Incredibles yeah. and uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Oh. Um, he then went on to do Tomorrowland instead of doing the next uh, Mission Impossible film, and that sort of tanked. I've not seen it, but... Um... Poor Brad Bird. <laughs> yeah, that's right, buddy. Poor Brad Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, that'll do for this week. Um, We'll be back next week with yet more films. If you'd like to email us in the meantime, then please do so. Our address is dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or you can talk to one another, um, recommend films to one another, why not? If you've seen something recently, do let us know. We like to 
share stuff around. Go to our Facebook page, forward slash Film Fandango, or if you just uh, want to witter on at us, then go to Twitter. Um, that's at Film Fandango, at Mr. David Reed, and at Merrick Larwood. And finally, 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 we do all of this for free. So if you would like to continue... Correct. If you'd like us to continue to produce it for free, then please do help us out and go to filmfandango.co.uk and donate some money by following the links. And everyone who has, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Good. Uh, Yes, that's enough for now. Uh, We'll be back next week. Keep Keep watching watching the the films. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.